On this episode of Tech Talks Business, I speak with Scott Danner, CEO of Freedom Street Partners. Scott, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Tech Talks Business. Um, I, I, I know you're comfortable in this role because I, I will give you a quick shout out that um, I started this podcast uh, about a year and a half ago, a little more than a year and a half ago. Um, but you had already kind of uh, taken the reins with your uh, media and your outreach and, and putting your personal brand, your personal face um, out um, in the market and, and in front of not just the business community, but the community as a whole. So um, I wanted to give you a quick shout out and thank you because you were a, a small catalyst for what I have eventually done with this show. So thank you very much for joining me. That's awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just fun to do things like this, especially with people that are doing the same things. When yeah. you put yourself out there, you fail forward in front of the world, <laughs> not just in front of yourself yeah. so or your mirror at home. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I've done lots of videos on YouTube and I've done lots of videos on Facebook and LinkedIn and not all of them are perfect. Most of them are imperfect. <laughs> and so when you're doing any type of media like this, it makes it more fun yeah. uh, to have that kind of dynamic. And I appreciate the conversations you're having with people in the community and the, and the entire perception that increasing the conversation in and around businesses and some of businesses' challenges and opportunities and wins is something that's going to help everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have a unique path, career path, um, for what I think when most of these people are going to see the, the opening in your, your name and your title and your company, um, I think they're not going to assume that your path to that point was what it was. So do you mind giving a little bit of background on kind of where you came through coming out of school and how that led into your current role? Sure. Yeah, I, I'll go back. Um, getting out of college at Radford University, um, I was uh, you know paying for my own school and, and ready to work. And I graduated early from college oh, did and you? did an okay. internship with Mark Early's office at the attorney general's office in, uh, in Virginia. I worked yeah. in the Gangs and Youth Violence Task Force and oh, wow. loved it. And it was just an awesome opportunity. Uh, Mark had set a goal of 2,000 mentors by the year 2000. Okay. And I had made the suggestion that we should go out to service organizations and pitch it. And so yeah. I got to travel the, the state of Virginia as an intern pitching why it was important for mentorship. And nice. I spoke to Rotary Clubs and Lions Clubs and and Ruritans and every service organization, women's organizations, okay. unbelievable groups. And I got this really great experience in PR and opportunity to have a kind of bigger role than a normal intern would have. They offered me a job uh, a couple months after getting out of college. Okay. And I took a job as assistant director of crime prevention for the state. And um, I had the coolest job. I was on the sixth floor, which was the appointed floor. And I got to work directly with the AG and all of their um, counterparts, the, the public relations department, everybody. Oh, wow. So I, I got this unique experience. And uh, Mark ran for governor. And um, him and Mark Warner were both great candidates that were very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> One was a conservative Democrat. The other yeah. was a uh, progressive conservative and, uh, you know, kind of the, the unique hybrid between uh, two different worlds. And, yeah. um, and Mark didn't win. And I had an aunt and uncle that 
had, uh, had recommended I apply at Edward Jones because okay. I would be really great at it. And I was working in investment frauds, financial crimes, identity theft. Oh. And so all these connectivity gotcha. points, they said, you'd be great at helping other people. Yeah. And I thought, man, I've been watching all these other people be taken advantage of and all this negativity happening in the world. What a cool idea. And so I applied and I spent 15 years building a, a great uh, lifestyle practice at Edward Jones where it was a phenomenal company, great presence in our community, someone and a company that I admire nationally. Um, and then uh, about five years ago, I started Freedom Street Partners. I left, okay. created my own independent brand under, under uh, Raymond James' independent platform. Okay. I'm now Freedom Street Partners and we're the, I'm the CEO of the company. And uh, now we're, we've kind of been able to continue the practice the way we always did it, but build an entrepreneurial um, endeavor that's now expanded to multiple advisors. We're in, uh, uh, we have approximately 40 advisors. We're in seven okay. states. Um, and we manage about two and a half billion today under management. Wow. So big, we, we've come a long way from my AG days, <laughs> but I can't tell you how many times I go back to those days to remember moments yeah. or experiences and, and really that, that built the foundation and framework for what we do today. That's so cool. Cause actually now that you've walked through it, like the points all add up. I mean, it actually makes total sense based on what it was that you were doing. And yet on the outside looking in, you looked at it and just went at, okay, this career and this career, that doesn't seem to line up at all. And yet it really does. So that's great. That's a really cool story. Um, so you and I met each other, gosh, I want to say 13, 15 years ago, yeah. um, through uh, Chesapeake Rotary. Um, we uh, sponsored at the time what I think at that time, and maybe still is, the, one of the biggest fundraisers for that organization, the Chesapeake Wine Festival, um, one of the most fun events I ever got to do in my, in my previous uh, job as marketing director. Um, and, um, and you played a, a huge role in that, and, and you did so, and you and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, you did so at what was a relatively young age, for those who are familiar with Rotaries and Lions Clubs and, and, and a lot of the service organizations locally. Can you talk a little bit about not just that particular involvement, but kind of your involvement and your mindset when it comes to that? Because as long as I've known you, community and that connection between the community and your business has always been a major priority. I knew you based on volunteerism way before I had any idea what you did as a business professional. And can you talk a little bit about that mindset? Sure. Yeah, you know, I think first of all, um, I grew up in this area and I feel this uh, common bond to making everything around us better. Yeah. I have two, uh, I have lots of aunts and uncles, but a couple of my uncles have just been instrumental. Okay. Uh, John Langlois, Roland Davis are two people that that I got oh, to yeah. watch grow up and um, and have an experience that's just uniquely giving to the yeah, community. Yeah. Um, and joining the Rotary at, at just at 30 years old and going to my first spaghetti dinner where I was surrounded by what I viewed our area in our Chesapeake Rotary Club, it was the who's who in business in Chesapeake. And yeah. you know, from city council members to school board members to former mayors and current mayors and 
um, business owners at the biggest businesses in the area and the most successful real estate entrepreneurs. And, and I went to this horrible event that literally showed nobody cared and, and it wasn't even the truth. But yeah. you know, they, what you learn is when you're young, you have nothing to lose, right? Yeah. You're, you have everything to gain. So I had extra time and a whole lot of energy and I was able to found the Chesapeake Wine Festival wow. by, by utilizing the very people that I was surrounded by. And yeah. another lesson I often talk about is, you know, a lot of really great ideas go to die when you're not surrounded by great people. Yeah. And so joining it early and then having a visit with Roland where I was complaining about this and him going, it's actually a pretty good idea. That's Just great. that one quick thing allowed us to co-chair an event that's now donated two plus million dollars to local charities in the area wow. in, in about 13 years. Wow. Um, we, have, uh, we have impacted some of, the, some of the best charities in our area. And mm -hmm. most importantly, we've had a really good time doing it. We'd made it and built it around businesses. Yeah. So the, the charitable aspect is every ticket that we sell goes to charity. And I had been to Norfolk Town Point event and the Virginia Beach Neptune event and other events that were just amazing. And we just wanted to make our own version of that. And so we did this kind of version that was really highly small business yeah. driven. And it made a unique little niche that um, we're very proud of. And we continue to learn from our counterparts and the great people that have been doing it a lot longer than us. That's we're still cool. rookies at it. But my experience <laughs> in the wine festival and being surrounded by community givers has been crucial. The other thing you and I mentioned just right before we started that I think is good is I have a saying with all of our advisors, with all the people that we coach and train, yeah. that you build the community and it will build your business. Yeah. So anytime I'm in a mentor relationship with anyone, I try to really focus on giving first. Yeah. And it's really hard when you're poor. It's really hard when you're starting yes, out. It's really true. hard to see the, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. But the truth is that right there, building those activities, building a brand in and around people that can trust you because you do what you say you're gonna do has been invaluable, invaluable to me in everything that we've ever done. Yeah, well, and when you're a young professional, as you said, a lot of times, and we're we're living paycheck to paycheck, we're just we're just happy to kind of get by from week to week. But the but the reality is, and and you and I both know this now that we've raised families and we've we've come along further in our careers, is that the one the one thing that you had of value at that time was actually the most valuable thing you can own, which was our time. Yep. Because we had the time to give back at that, at that point in our careers. Um, and I think sometimes as a young professional, you feel like, well, uh, if I can't write the check, am I gonna be welcomed? Or if I can't, if I can't give back, can, can I be a part of that? And, and the reality is in most of those situations, people are just, if you're willing to give your time and energy um, they're more than happy to have you. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's something I think for a lot of young professionals, um, sometimes it, it takes a little while to figure that part of it out. But, um, but for those who do uh, follow through on it, it's, it's amazing. And as you said, it's, uh, I know at least in my case professionally, it has been a catalyst for a lot of great things in my professional career that would never have happened otherwise. So. Um, so it, I, it's I like a good relationship, that. just real quickly. It's yeah. like a good relationship, right? If you develop a relationship and you maintain 
just a, a, a wide level of people. So young people often believe that networking is touching a lot of people, meeting a lot of people, creating width. Yeah. The truth is it's not in the width that matters, it's in the depth. The depth of the relationship, if, yeah. if, and, and bringing that into an organization. So you go, the, the average, I've been, I've been doing the, the Rotary Club, been on the board every, every year. I love what we do. I love the people we're surrounded by. I'm on lots of boards in the area. Here's what we find. Young people come in and they dip their toes in and they dip it out. They don't build the That's depth. They yeah. come in and they say, I didn't earn any business out of this, so now I'm bailing. Yeah. If I go in expecting a result for me alone, I fail. Yeah. If I go in and I build the depth of the relationship with the organization, with authentic leadership, yeah. I get so much more out of it than I ever dreamed I could. And wow. you know, if, if I wouldn't be telling you at 30 years old, there weren't days where I did the first couple years of the wine fest and I was like, please, I've got to get business out of this at some <laughs> point in time. You know, you definitely feel that. Yes. That's humbly, that's true. Mm -hmm. But the other side to it is you don't realize you're building trust and, yeah. and a foundation for a long career yeah. and something that people will rely upon in a lot of facets of your life. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity that the other generation before me gave to yeah. allow someone young like that to come in and and work with the team. So absolutely, yeah. And to your point, that timeline can be so long at times. But there's nothing more satisfying than picking up a phone or getting an email from someone, and you know in your mind that was a seed you planted years ago, and yet they st you still left a strong enough impression that you were the person they reached out to. And along that same uh, thought, um, you, you and I talked about this a little, when it comes to growing your business, you take a very similar mindset as an entire platform. I, I don't know if you would call it a mission for your business, but, but just the pure nature of how you've gone about building your business, um, especially in the time since we've known each other, because you have gone from um, a, a structure with Edward Jones now to being you, you, your own business owner and very successfully. Can you talk a little bit about how you've interwoven that as you've grown your business? Because it really is a big part of who you all are as an organization. Yeah, I think we started it with just the name that we came up with Freedom Street, right? Yeah. Life Wealth Optimization. Everything we do begins with life. That means that every relationship we start with with our employees begins with life. Every yeah. client relationship begins with life. If we can help optimize life, wealth becomes a great byproduct of that, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, so many people in my industry, and, and it's funny how unique this can be. Um, you know, we, we hear everyone wants to have a relationship with your money. Yeah. But, but I always tell our advisors, you want to have a relationship with the client. Yeah. You want to have that same depth we're talking about with the community with your individual clients. Yeah. Now, fast forward. So Freedom Street is really a sense of freedom. You know, what does freedom mean to you is uniquely different to you and your spouse than it is to me and mine and my yeah. children and our lives. And so establishing that unique value proposition for every person on what freedom means to them is a fundamental core belief. And, and then you take that to how we run the business, which was the question. Yeah. And I think the, the, the reality is we're trying to build something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And as we do so, we're giving back to the community, we're giving back to our employees, we're creating ways 
that people can develop personally and professionally and we're providing that consistent advice that we've always done for our clients that is impeccable, whether it's in Charlotte, North Carolina, Culpeper, Virginia, or, or Pinckneyville, Illinois. These are all places we have offices and we all follow the structure, the discipline. You know, something yeah. else you learn as you get older is discipline equals freedom. And, and it's a great, Aristotle said it, Jocko says it, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a buzz phrase. Yeah. But the truth is this, the older we get, the more systems and processes and discipline allow us to actually reach our potential. Yeah. Chaos is not where success and freedom lie. It's the opposite. It's order. Yeah. And so with our business, we really try hard and focus hard on doing that for our end clients, for our employees, and for every advisor we're serving across the country. Gotcha. Well, and sometimes that can be hard. Like as a business owner, um, I mean, it can be hard to, uh, from a financial standpoint, I would assume because you've, you've, work so hard to keep that kind of mindset. I'm assuming there are times where that can, from a financial standpoint for you personally or as a business, can actually be a detriment. And, and the willingness to stand by that and say, no, this is what is best for my employees. It's what's best for us on the long haul. When those times have come about, like where how have you balanced that like how do you it's easy for somebody to say well I'm gonna make that the priority well I can say I'm gonna make something a priority all day long it's right. another thing to do it when all of a sudden the rubber hits the road and you're going okay I got to make a financial decision about either doing this or doing that so how has that been how do you balance that I think focusing on the why in every situation really helps to build a foundation yeah and so you know why do we do what we do we do it to help people. Yeah. And in order to help people, you know, we have to, we want to help more people, we want to expand that, right? And so yeah. the, the key component is when, we, when rubber hits the road and challenges happen, they happen in every business, they happen personally, professionally, we really try to get to the bottom of the why, which always brings us back to life. Gotcha. You know, clients often come in with challenges that are strictly financial in their brain. And you've got to pull out from them why they're sitting here. What are they challenged with? What is the real challenge? Is it that they're trying to hit a certain number goal, but why are they trying to hit that number goal? Or they lost their job. Many times we serve as a, as a, as a um, I always say that, that I'm a life coach that specializes in money. You know, we, we really do three things. We yeah. do the investment management, we have to do that. Yeah. You know, we do scenario planning, if this, then that. And most yeah. of all, we vision coach. I can't tell you how many times I have over 50 year old clients that come in here and they've recently, you know, during the uh, 08, 09, or right after COVID, you know, yeah. in, in March, when so many people were furloughed, laid off, etc. I had a lot of empowering conversations with some of our clients that really forgot that their value was was so high. So you're yeah. over 50, you've had this unbelievable experience in your career, you have more wisdom than 90% of the workforce, but at that point in time, it can be challenging to find a new job, a new yeah. career, right? Maybe you don't have to find a new career, but maybe we just have to find something that you're great at inside of what you've already been doing. Sometimes they just need a reminder about how awesome they are 
<laughs> and it has nothing to do with money at all. I yeah. mean, they're coming in saying, well, I may take a job that's going to pay me way less. And I, re I immediately move us back to, what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah. What, are, what are you great at? Tell me what you did at your old job. Tell me the jobs you did on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And we rebuild it from the bottom up. And wow. it had nothing to do with the money. It's really focusing on that coaching and consulting, yeah. which is honestly where I find so much of my passion and so much of, of what I love doing, whether it's taking an old broken uh, um, fundraiser and turning it into something much bigger than yeah. myself and ourselves and the community, and, and or taking an individual business and breaking it down to the core values of what it is and building it bigger. Yeah. These are all things that I think make it easy to stay focused on your principles and values because it is the why behind what we're doing. That's great. Well, and, and you talk a little bit about working through some of those lessons with your clients. What are some of the lessons you've learned along the way? What are some of those bumps in the road that you've had to kind of look at yourself or or go to some of your mentors and say, oh, crap, what now do I what? do? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think the big thing, um, you know, I, I loved my uh, practice at my previous firm and I loved what we did and I loved the people we served and I loved everything about it. But I was an, I, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. And I think yeah. um, growing up in a pretty blue collar world, not really knowing that the business world was as wide and big as it would be. I think one of the things I preach to my own children, to so many of my clients' children and friends, you know, that entrepreneurism is a real career. Yeah. And creating something out of nothing is a real creative talent, something that can be quite valuable. Yeah. You also have to be very self-aware. What are you great at and how do you do more of that and less of the stuff you're not? And that requires surrounding yourself with people that are unbelievably great at the things you're not. Yeah. And so if you think, you know, I, I haven't learned a ton. I couldn't, I mean, it'd be four episodes of all the things I've learned from point A to point B. And I still think I'm, I'm only at point B. We're still trying to get to point C. But yeah. the truth is, um, you know, really focusing more on the journey than just the result because yeah. the results are often empty. Yeah. surrounding myself with really, really amazing people that think bigger and better than me. They allow me to think at a much different level. Yeah. Um, and then surrounding myself with executors. Yeah. See, visionaries and big idea people have got to be the people that surround themselves with those that do it, not just those that talk about it. And, um, you know, when I look at the wine festival, the, it was such a success because not only do you have all those amazing people that were were Rotarians and service above self mentality individuals, but yeah. most importantly, Roland Davis and myself were the epitome of visionary and execution. And the, the, that, that right there is the perfect recipe that you can replicate in business and yeah. in any other relationship that you have. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, and you talk about bringing that group of talented professionals and, and when it comes to growing a business, um, especially to the breadth that you've done so, I mean, it, it's one thing, when I talk to a lot of our small to medium-sized businesses, uh, like for instance on the podcast, um, geographically that many times is just, I mean, they're just happy that they've been able to grow within Hampton Roads. You've been able to grow well beyond the borders of not just Hampton Roads, but just the even the Commonwealth. And to do that and to have that level of talent that you're talking about, 
how, where do you find that? Because it is, I mean, as you said, it's such an, an important part. It's the people are probably more important than any other part of the entire business. And yet, and we see it all the time when it comes to workforce needs, is how do you find that incredible talent that, that really does make the, the difference between one company and another? I think there's two awesome questions in there that I, that I want to uh, dip into. Number one is the growth. Yeah. And you mentioned growing. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people. Some people believe that growing just to grow is valuable, and I don't. Yeah. If growth, so if your business is strictly Hampton Roads based and it's crushing it, you know, just to go to Richmond doesn't make your business better, <laughs> right? I, yeah. and Richmond's an awesome place. Yeah. Northern Virginia, awesome. But many times I've asked, I've consulted and coached on business uh, acquisitions and mergers where we're talking about this and I'm like, what is this gonna do for you? How is this gonna spread you out? Is this gonna be too thin? Is your, is your quality of life gonna change? Is yeah. your net profit gonna go down? Is your family gonna see you less? Yeah. What are the things that really help you? you know? um, and then it goes into the people, yeah. okay? So attracting great talent. It starts with the word attracting. We attract what we put out into the world. Okay, so I always say you're the energy you put out into the world. If you are a positive energy force and you believe in the good in people, you believe in people, you structure your day in and around the people you serve, not yourself. Yeah. It's amazing what you attract. Yeah. So I would say that that's really easy if you're doing the right things. And if you're not attracting the right people, start looking in the mirror and identifying why that energy that you're putting out there maybe isn't there. Now, let's also be um, very mindful of the world we're in right now. And that is I have a lot of buddies that own restaurants and, serve and, and, and have HVAC electrical companies and they're struggling to find people yeah. to do the work right now. Yeah. And they're great people and they're attracting awesome people. I mean, I, I, think some, I think we just need to encourage people to think more outside the box and to be more confident in themselves. Yeah. And you'll find, uh, gosh, the salaries of some of the HVAC and electrical jobs are two times that of some of the college degree jobs that are coming out. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I'm not saying one path is better than the other, but A, when you're talking about growth, growth is really, is, is if that's really what you're aiming to do, yeah. setting a course, planning for it and building on it. And with talent, really attracting the right people. We also do a lot of personality assessments. We also do a lot of things that, that uh, require us to understand the human behind the work, not just the work. Oh, yeah. So, you know, are you going to fit into a culture? Yeah. And you have to have a culture to actually fit into. Yeah. And so again, that attracts people. And I think um, we just got back from, uh, we had about, uh, Probably 75, 85% of our advisors go down to Georgia this past weekend. We did, we did a, uh, an offsite conference. We brought in a good buddy of mine who's a retired Navy SEAL who was one of our keynotes. I brought in a hedge fund manager who talked about thinking bigger and AI and how the world is changing in and around us. I brought in uh, education speakers, you know, just anything that could help our team build the culture that we're building. And then in between we did some activities, skeet shooting and, you know, fun outdoorsy stuff, UTVs. And the, 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 the premise behind this was about building deeper relationships, gotcha. building a culture. And then what happens is it will attract the talent itself. Yeah. They'll all tell people what we do, how we do it, yeah. that we invested in them. 
And I think those are all just little things that I don't have it all figured out. I'm going as I go along, just like everybody. <laughs> but I'm very confident in the, in the right decisions that we're making. That's great. Well, and to that point in getting the word out, um, like I said, a big reason why I'm sitting here today is the fact that people like yourself at the local level were willing to put themselves out there publicly um, in, in formats and in ways that for some of us, for, for, for you and I coming up in our careers, they, they weren't even available. I mean, it didn't exist. Um, so there wasn't really anybody there to kind of teach us through it, or even if there was, I mean, we, I wouldn't have known how anyway. Um, what was kind of the catalyst for that, and, and, and where do you feel like the, the greatest benefit has been to your willingness to get in front of a camera or get behind a mic and, and, and be very honest? I mean, it, sometimes I think the hardest part, especially with some of the content that you provide, is it's easy for me to sit here and ask questions because I don't have to be the, the right. I don't right. have to be the expert at anything. Um, but when when you pr provide that content and give your feedback, um, where does that confidence come from, and what facilitated the willingness to, to to put yourself out there like that? So we can go all the way back to being the firstborn grandson in an Italian Catholic family with, <laughs> with five aunts who treated me and a grandmother, Sicilian grandmother, that treated uh. me like I was Simba. Right? <laughs> um, I have a book that comes out September twenty eighth, and it's how it opens. You know, I I really just. That confidence was uh, very, very embedded at an early age, that's awesome. and um, and I'm very blessed. And not everybody gets that, and so that's one thing. Second of all, my uncle John did television and production oh. for many, many years. I was doing commercials with John and watching how he built these from the ground that's up. Cool. From the time I was, I mean, I would ride my bike and hide under his desk when all he had in the business was a desk and a phone. And he started from the bottom and I was there every single afternoon after school going and doing things and hustling and learning and I got very comfortable behind a camera. That's cool. And then third, I just believe that, man, if you're given a platform, okay, it goes back to the community, right? Yeah. If you're given a platform and you can leverage it to do more good or help more people, you know, I, I want to help as many people as possible with information I've learned. So if I can share that, that's where those videos come from. And if you follow me on YouTube, it, it's Freedom Street Partners right now. We're getting ready to launch Scott Danner. When the book comes out, it's going to be a simultaneous All release. Right. And I'll start doing a lot of videos in that capacity as well. But cool. the whole objective is to share things. Uh, money is an interesting, uh, interesting topic. Most people are very uncomfortable with money. In the financial world, the financial advisor world, the financial services world, money is very open. Things that I'm extremely comfortable about talking with people about are, are things that husbands and wives freeze on or things that moms and dads and their kids are extremely uncomfortable with or un they lack confidence. Yeah. So started out by being something where I had a lot of clients that would say, Scott, will you talk to my son? He's in his junior year of college. He doesn't know what he wants to be when he grows up. And, you know, and we all say, well, we don't either. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, but it got to the point where I thought, hey, what better way than mom and dad to not tell them they have to come in and talk to me, which takes 30 minutes before they thaw enough to know that I'm not just going to report everything back to mom and dad. Exactly. Instead, a YouTube video or a Facebook or LinkedIn or even one day a TikTok video Damn. that potentially just shares something, an idea 
a mindset that mom and dad find important that they're really trying to instill that they're going to listen to somebody other than their parents. And so that's where it started. During COVID, like you with this, I dug in. I was like, man, people need conversations, hard ones, more than ever. And I started talking about topics that I saw every day. And, um, and a lot of it comes back to just mindset. And, and that is, I feel like so much of what we do can be framed with a positive psychology, with a positive mindset, with, with kind of charting out the course of where we wanna be and talking through it in public. And this may, be, this may be the only way some people feel comfortable talking about it, is listening to it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, um, for those who who do want to to do business with you, to partner with you, um, to want to learn more about you and your team, how do they connect with you? Um, I mean, you've got a lot of different platforms for people. Um, where do you, if if somebody's trying to connect, where do you typically point them to? Sure, I, I start with FreedomStreetPartners.com. Okay, I'm the CEO of FreedomStreetPartners.com. We have a lot of great advisors all across the country. We're very proud to partner with Raymond James and, and our teams are, are really working hard. Um, the YouTube uh, channel is Freedom Street Partners on YouTube. And okay. so it's the only Freedom Street Partners. Um, and most of our stuff is on our Facebook page or LinkedIn and you can just go right to my LinkedIn page. And as I release the book, as I release the other things, it will all be on those awesome. social media platforms. I think the one other thing that's very unique is um, you know, sometimes when you're growing locally, it can be challenging. Um, it's like growing up in a family where everybody around you knows you. So if you went to high school <laughs> in, I'm going to pick a high school like Cox, yeah. and and you know, you are who everyone said you were, but you may be completely different than that. Yeah. When you take something national, there's a very unique thing that all of a sudden when you're local again, you matter even more and everybody around you has this mentality that says, wow, I should go call him or yeah. her. And so with growth, it's really unique because sometimes you have to go away to produce something to come home to show everyone that you're as good. And that's, that's a great business yeah. topic that I, I just thought was when you were talking, it came to my brain. Yeah. And it comes into the, the, the other part of our business is we specialize in the average financial advisor is 62 years old. And so most advisors are older in the industry, they're wise, they're great advisors, and, and we're proud to partner with those advisors through mergers and acquisitions and continuity plans yeah. because believe it or not, they actually oftentimes don't have a step-down plan. And so if I'm working with you and you're my advisor and you're 68 years old and you don't have a backup plan yeah. or you don't have a coordinated continuity plan, my financial plan is at risk. Yeah. And so from the client's perspective, it's a great question to ask, one that your advisors probably helped you solve. And then from the advisor standpoint, we're really specializing in helping advisors with that next chapter. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of psychology that goes with that. There's a lot of challenges where your impact is your career and yeah. stepping down from a business is very difficult. Any business owner knows that. Yep. So really planning that out and serving as the advisor to advisors is something that we've specialized in and that's really helped fuel our growth. And so that's something that's else cool. that we put out there so people can follow. So Scott Danner on LinkedIn, freedomstreetpartners.com and any questions we ever can answer for anybody, we wanna to continue to serve 
um, you know, the community. Check out chesswine.com. That's our wine festival. Absolutely. Sponsor it. Absolutely. Figure out a way to be a part of it. We just, we really, really love being a, a part of the community, the chamber, and everything nice. you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And just, just to make sure for those that are listening when we record, which is in August, uh, wine festivals October, correct? Yep, October 9th. October 9th, twenty twenty one. So and uh, and and always a fun event. So I, I highly recommend it as a longtime supporter. So, well, Scott, thank you so very much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, as I said, I've I've always enjoyed our conversations. Um, I greatly appreciate everything you've done for the community. And thank you to the listeners of Take Talks Business. And we'll catch you on the next episode.